מסכת קידושין דף ס"ח, דנו משנה, האומר לאישה קידשתיך, והיא אומרת לא קידשתני, הוא עשו בקרבותיה והיא מותרת בקרוביו. A man says to a woman, to a woman I am married to you. And she says, no, you did not propose, propose marriage to me. Uh, so we believe him and we believe her. We believe him for himself. So he is pro- prohibited to ever marry any of her relatives because if a man is in fact married, I'm, when I say marry, I mean Kiddushin, but Kiddushin effectively creates all of these marriage prohibitions. So I'm just going to use marriage. Um, so if a man marries a particular woman, he is forever prohibited to that woman's mother, uh, daughter, if she has from her from previous marriage, uh, sister, as long as she's alive, right? And so the close relatives. So since he admitted that he did Kiddushin with her, he is permitted or prohibited from her relatives. However, she denies it. And so she says, no, not true. Therefore, no prohibition lands upon her. We don't believe him to make a, a prohibition upon the, this woman. Um, but, so therefore, uh, the woman is permitted to marry in the future he, the, this man's uh, father, son, brother. He omered kidashtani vehu omered lo kidashtich the other way around, she says, you did Kiddushin to me, we are married. Uh, but he says, no, not true, I never did Kiddushin with you. He is permitted to be, to then marry her relatives because he denies that there was ever any any, any situation. Her, her statement does not affect him. Um, however, she is prohibited to then marry any of his relatives. In fact, she has now she is now Mikudeshet from her perspective, so she can't marry anybody in the world until she receives a get from this guy. Even after she receives a get, she will be prohibited from his close relatives forever. Third case, a man says, um, I did Kiddushin to you. And she says, no, not to me, but rather to my daughter. You, you, missed, uh, you mixed us up. Okay, so he is prohibited to the mother. Uh, to, he is prohibited to the relatives of the mother um, because we believe him uh, for himself. And so this is just like the first case. And uh, the mother, that Gedola, is permitted to marry uh, in the future his relatives. That's, so far, that's the same as the first case. But now, since in addition, the, this mother said, no, you did Kiddushin to my daughter, does that create any new prohibitions? It does not. He is permitted to the relatives of that daughter, and the daughter is permitted to his relatives because we do not give credibility to the mother to create a prohibition for her daughter. A person can create a prohibition for himself, but not for someone else. We saw yesterday that a father is uh, believed to create a prohibition for his daughter, because he can marry off his daughter, and the Pasuk says so, and that'll, uh, we're going to bring that up again right now. Uh, soon, uh, but so we see here that a mother does not have credibility to, even though she admitted, yes, you married off my daughter. She does not have, have she is not believed, 
and that daughter has no new prohibitions. Kidashti et bitech, v'hi omedet lo kidashta ela oti, hu asu bikrovot ketana, uktana muteret bikrovav, hu muta bikrovot kedola, ugdola asura bikrovav. And here, um, a, a, a man says, I did kiddushin with your daughter, it's the opposite of the previous case, and she said, no, no, it wasn't my daughter, it was actually me. So since he admitted that he did kiddushin, with the with the younger one with the daughter so he is prohibited from the relatives of the daughter however that daughter uh is permitted to uh in the to marry the relatives of him because his admission is not believed for her and his mother's admission also um uh, well the mother said it's me not the daughter so therefore there's no reason for the daughter to be prohibited to his relatives. Furthermore, he is permitted to the relatives of the mother because he only said, I, I, I did Kiddushim with the daughter, not with the mother. So he didn't admit anything regarding the mother. So he's allowed to her relatives. However, she said, you did Kiddushim to me, uh, which is the same as the second case. And therefore, uh, the mother is prohibited to his relatives. Okay, the Gemara is going to ask, why do we need all these cases? Once you have the basic principle, you can figure out the rest of them. So that's what we ask now. So why do I need the second case if I have the first case? If I only had the law regarding him when he says, um, um, you did Kiddushin, to, uh, I, I gave you Kiddushin. The man says, I gave you Kiddushin. So we believe him for himself, but not for her. She's still permitted. And the reason is because we suspect, we might, you might say, if you only had the first case and not the second case, that in that first case, um, he is not believed f to make her prohibited, to, to, give, to make a prohibition upon her, because a man doesn't care to say something, even if he is lying, or even if he's not quite sure. So, because what's the consequences for him? For him, it just means that he will be forever prohibited to this woman's uh, mother, daughter, sister, right? Close relatives. Okay, so he's creating a prohibition upon a few people. But that's not a big deal because he could still marry anybody else in the world. Um, and even if he is, in fact, married to this woman, uh, he can go marry another woman also because a man can marry to a woman. So therefore, the effect on him is not much. So therefore, we suspect that he might make it up. So we can't believe him. We believe him to create those prohibitions upon him, but we're not going to believe, we're not going to give him credibility to create prohibitions upon her. However, if I didn't have the second case, I would think But she, it's unlikely that a woman would. Uh, not be careful with her words, right? If she was not for sure uh, that she received kiddushin, she would not have said so. Not have said that because this um, by admitting that she is mikudesha to this guy, she is not only prohibited to his relatives forever. She is also prohibited to marry anybody because now she's mikudesha until she gets a get. So a, a woman would not say this flippantly. If she says it, then we should probably believe that it's true, even to create a prohibition upon him to marry, not to not to be able to marry her relatives. That's what I might think. So, Kamash Malan, I need the second case to say that even when she uh, says we are married, but he says we are not, we do not impose any prohibitions upon him. Now, why do we need the third case? Kiddashtich um, vihi omeret. 
He says, I, I did Kiddushin to you. And she says, no, it's my daughter. Why do I need this? I might have thought, uh, I know on a Doraita level, the Torah says that a father is, is deemed credible to say that he married off his daughter. That's what we saw yesterday. It's quoted from the Pasuk. So I know that's true midoraita, and there's no doraita way for a mother to be believed. However, I might have thought maybe midrabanan. The rabbis say, listen, if a mother says that uh, my my daughter has been married off to you, then maybe we we believe her midrabanan, and so therefore, and that would create a prohibition upon the daughter, even if it only a rabbanan prohibition, it would create a prohibition upon the daughter to um, marry. Uh, the relatives of the guy. So that's why Kamash Malan, not so, even though a father is believed in Midoraita, a mother is not given credibility at all when she says, oh, you married my daughter. Um, good. Next case, the last one, Kiddashti et bitech, when he says, I betrothed betroth your daughter, and she says, no, it was me. Why do I need that case? Hatula mali. Uh, doesn't really add anything. I did it. Tanaha, tanaha Oh, since it brought the first three cases, so now it brings the last case to fill it out, to bring uh, to bring all the different possibilities. This is in uh, a switch of the third case. Um, so this was just to fill out, uh, to make it uh, fully structured, the Mishnah adds this, which is interesting. Uh, sometimes the Mishnah wants to give you all the permutations. You could imagine this might be an exercise to students. Okay, here's the basic principles. Now apply it to each one. And uh, this is memorized. Uh, and sometimes, so sometimes when the extra clause in the Mishnah says, oh, this is to teach us something new, but sometimes it's there just for uh, its literary aspect. Itmar, Rab Amar Kofinu Shmel Amar Mevakshin. Now we have a, a, a two statements of Rab and Shemuel. We're not going to, we don't know what they're saying this about. We just remember the statements. So we have to figure it out. Rav said, we force the man in some, one of these cases to give a get. And Shemuel said, no, we can't force him, but we request. The Betin says, please give her a get. Ahaya, what case are they talking about? Ilim Aresha, Lav Kofinika, Velav Vakshinika. If it's about the first case where he says we are married, but she says, no, uh, you, I don't know who you are. I never accepted Kiddushin to you. So we do not believe him to create any prohibition upon her. Therefore, there is no prohibition on her. She can go and marry anybody she wants. She doesn't need a get. Um, all right, so there's no forcing and there's no asking. She doesn't need a get. Nothing a get actually will be bad for her. If anything, receiving a get might make her prohibited to a Kohen as a Reach a get. Um, so uh, she, she doesn't need a get. So it can't be that case. Rather, must be talking about the second case where she says that I am Mikudesh uh, to you and that create does create a prohibition so uh, uh, right we assume we uh, we believe her to create a prohibition upon herself that now we believe that she for her that she is married to this guy so she needs a get now Bishlama mevakshin lehaye. I understand the opinion of Shemuel who says we request. Uh, yes, indeed, we, we should request it. Um, she wants to go marry somebody else. She doesn't want to be stuck to this guy forever, especially this guy is denying that there ever was a kiddushin. Um, so um, that makes sense that we should ask him, hey, you know, do, do, do us a favor. She seems to think for some reason that she is married to you. Can you give her a get so she can go marry somebody else? 
אלא כופין עמאי, אמר לה נכלידי תעשה בקריבה. But to force him, as Rav says, um, he can come with a claim and, said, and say, I, uh, I don't want to uh, uh, give her a divorce, because if I give her a divorce, then that's a, basically an admission that I was married, and I will, uh, new, new prohibitions will be created upon me that I can't marry her mother or daughter or sister, and maybe one day I will want to. Why should I, why, I have, I, I, you have no proof that uh, we are married. She just came, uh, this crazy lady, and said, oh, I'm married to her. I'm not, and I don't want to give a get. I don't want to create uh, additional prohibitions upon me when I don't have to. So it will be difficult to explain it out. Rather, Rav and Shemuel are in fact not arguing, although it looks like a, like a machloket. They're actually saying uh, two statements one after the other, as follows. Shemuel says, we, it, we're still talking about the second case, and the Betin requests, please give her a get. She thinks that she's married to you. She want, we want her to be able to marry somebody else. So do us a favor and give her a get. To that, Rav adds, if he on his own gave a get um, without having to be asked, then with the Betin comes and forces him to give a ketubah as well. Um, because by giving a get on his own, uh, by his own volition, he decided to. So he's saying, oh, that means that he needed to give a get, which means it's a kind of admission that there was a marriage. If there was a marriage, anyone, anytime someone is married and then gets a get, they have to pay a ketubah. You can prove from here, by the way, since here there's only kiddushin, not nisuin. This is cited as a proof that there is ketubah even after just kiddushin, not even nisuin. And so this is a way to understand it, not as a machloket, but as uh, two options. If if they have to request it, then he gives a get, but no ketubah. If he gives it on his own, that's an admission, and he has to pay a ketubah. Itmar nameh. We have another statement that supports this. Amar rav acha bar ada amar rav. Ramdila amar rav acha bar ada amar rav. Hamnuna amar rav. Okay, either way, rav said this. Kofin umevakshin. He said both. We force and we ask. What do you mean? Tarte? Are you going to force and request? Those two options. Either you request that he give the get, um, and if you didn't have to request and he gave it on his own, then we force him to also pay a ketubah. Uh, so now we have an important statement of Rabbi Yehuda. Someone who does Kiddushin with one witness. Now, you always need two witnesses. We make sure in every wedding, we go get two witnesses. We make sure they're not related. They're not gamblers and so on. And uh, so we do the Kiddushin. That's the proper way. Um, now, if you have no witnesses at all, well, then that's not going to be, that's not going to take effect. But what about one witness? Rav Yudah says, no, there's no Kiddushin at all. Only one witness, nothing. You, they're not married. There's no need for a get. There's no prohibitions created. Question. So the question to Rav Yudas is, what if the man and the woman both agree and admit that there is a marriage? There's one witness and there's no, no, no contestation. Unlike in the Mishnah here, where one, guy, one person says yes and the other says no, they both say, yes, we were married, I was there, you were there, and this one witness was there. What about there when there's no one contesting but there's only one witness. Um, so, 
he wasn't sure. In Vela said, Well, maybe yes, maybe no. And the law was weak in his hands. He wasn't sure. Right? See, this is a question about is are the witnesses there for proof? If it's only for proof, but everybody admits it's okay, right? So then um, even the one witness, okay, you have at least you have one witness. So if it's only for proof, it should be good. But if it's to enact it, the witnesses are needed to make any condition at all, though, then it wouldn't be. So he's questioning it. Uh, is one witness enough to do that? Anyway, Itmar, Amarav Nachman, Amashimuel, Kadesh Baradechad, and Choshim the Kedusha, Vafilu Shinehem, Modim. But we, in fact, have a, a conclusion that Rav Nachman tells us in the name of Shimuel that someone who does Kiddushin with only one witness, there's no Kiddushin there at all, even if both of them admit to it. So we see it's not about admission, it's not about proof. This is unlike, um, you know, a, a loan. If I'm there, if we both admit that you owe me $100, so then you owe me $100, right? Um, uh, that's just, that's only about proof. For, but for Kiddushin to be effective, you need two witnesses. And one witness, even with the admission of both parties, is zero. All right, that is the statement of Rav Nachman. And now we're going to challenge Rav Nachman from a few different sources. This is the very first case of the Mishnah. A man says, um, we, are, we are married. She says, no, you, are, you never mar- I never married you. So he creates prohibitions upon him, but not upon her. Now, what case are we talking about? If it's a case where there are two Edim, so why is she permitted? Right, there's two edim that they're married. So two edim are believed, and then she would be she, that would create a prohibition upon her. If there's no edim, then why is he prohibited to her, um, uh, to to her relatives? Um, because there's no edim. If there's no witnesses, then there's no marriage, right? It doesn't matter if they, even if they both agree that they were married, there's nothing unless there's two witnesses. Rather, it must be talking about there is one witness, and even though there's one witness, it creates a prohibition. So it sounds like one witness. We do suspect that the Kiddushin is valid. There's a challenge against Rav Nachman who said that with one witness, the Kiddushin is invalid. We answer, no. No, we're talking about a case, in fact, where there were two, he claims anyway, that there were two witnesses. He says, but they're not here. They went away, to, they went to a different country, so I can't produce them. But his claim is that we are fully married and there were two witnesses. She says, no, there was never any marriage. And that's why it creates a prohibition for him, but not for her. This case has nothing to do with one witness at all, so therefore there's no question. All right, second question against Rav Nachman, Itibe. Someone gives a get to his wife, and then they go and they uh, sleep together in a in a hotel room. Uh, so Bet Shemai says, you don't require a second get. We do not suspect, even though they did go in a hotel room, they shouldn't do that because they're not married now, so that would be good. But we do not suspect that they had relations together uh, in order to create a second a new kiddushin, and so you don't need a second get. Um, uh, um, and just like in, in any two single people that were never married, it would be the same thing. If they were together in a, they violated Yehud and went together in a room. We don't suspect that they. Oh, they must have um, uh, slept together for the purpose of kiddushin require get. No, you don't need that. And here you also you don't need that. However, Bet Shemai says, well, they kind of know each other, right? So they were married already. 
and um, so therefore they're they're used to each other and if they, even though they got to get but and now they're staying together in Yehud they're secluded together um, then we suspect that the seclusion during the seclusion they had they had relations and it was for Kiddushin and therefore they he they we require him to give a second get now that's all the Mishnah and Eduyot we ask what's the case if there are witnesses that they had relations then what would be the reason for for Bechamai to not require a get? They they were definitely together. So, um, and they so they could be for kiddushin. So we should require get. But if there's no edim at all, then what would be the reason for betilel? Why should we think? Uh, why should we think that they um, had relations or anything? There's no there's no witnesses. So shouldn't uh, shouldn't even uh, even if they admit right? If there's no witnesses to a Kiddushin act, you could do Kiddushin in three ways, right? Uh, um, uh, with uh, Kesef, Shtad, or Bi'ah. In any of the three ways, if there's no witnesses, you could do all three ways. If there's no witnesses, then there's certainly no Kiddushin, so it really wouldn't matter. Even if they had relations, there was no possibility that they are Mekudashin. Rather, must be talking about that there's one witness, and according to Bet Shammai, see, see here, even though there's only one witness that saw them, uh, still, that can effectuate a kiddushin, and we require a getcheni. There's a challenge to Rav Nachman, because Rav Nachman said that with one witness, there is no kiddushin. So Rav Nachman can respond. Hold on, I'll respond with the continuation of that Mishnah. Both Bet and Bet agree that, let's say they, were only, they only did kiddushin, and then they got divorced. Even after kiddushin, you still need a get. So this uh, couple was just in Kiddushin, and then they called off the full marriage before uh, the uh, the chupa, and the, and then they were uh, well maybe they still had a hotel room that they had got for their honeymoon, so they went to the hotel room anyway, even though there was no chupa, um, and this is after the get, so there's no Kiddushin. This is the first Kiddushin is 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 uh, is uh, uh, cancelled, um, so they would agree that you don't need a second get because. Um, he is not accustomed to her since they were only engaged and did not yet were not yet married, didn't have relations yet. So even if they were told from together, we don't we assume that they did not have relations because they're not used to each other, and so they would not have done that. And therefore, even Betilel would agree that you don't need a get just because they were in the hotel room together in this case. Now, if you say, Rav Nachman uh, argues back, that one witness should be believed, what's the difference if it's Edusin or Kiddushin? You have one witness that says, I saw them, and they did, uh, had bi'ah, um, and, uh, we, and if we're assuming that it was Lashem, Kiddushin, then they, this one witness should be believed, even if whether they were accustomed or not, whether they were engaged or whether they were fully married. So rather, it must be not so that there's not there is not uh, that one witness is not believed, um, uh, or that the, this is not a case of one witness, right? Because it wouldn't make sense if you say it's one witness, and one witness is believed. That's what you're trying to use this mishnah to prove against me. Then you can't explain the sefa. Ela, rather we can explain the whole mishnah in a different way. We're talking about a case where there, in fact, were two witnesses, but the two witnesses were only testified about the seclusion. We saw these two, this couple, go into the hotel room together, um, and they were not a debi'ah. They were not in the room, 
general generally you don't need any edim it's not appropriate to have edim in the room um and in a regular case of uh or of uh, whatever a regular marriage if you did kiddushin um, you would only need a day yichud, not a day bi'ah. Okay, so he says here we're talking about a case where there are witnesses outside, but not two witnesses, there were two witnesses outside, but not two witnesses inside the room. And Bet Shammai says, we do not say that these are the same thing. Uh, they, uh, they cannot testify about it. Therefore, this couple, they got to get um, they, they were married, they got a get, and now they were in a hotel room together. Two witnesses saw them go into a hotel room together. But well, we don't know what happened in there. These they didn't see BIA, so therefore we do not assume anything and they do not require um a, a they do not require a second get. Betila says the same thing. It doesn't matter if they saw them only seclude or if they were in the room and they saw the actual act. Either way, they are, are trusted. We assume that they did have bi'ah, and therefore it is bi'ah in front. It's, it's bi'ah. There are two witnesses, and that's why um, it, they need a second get. But even Betelel agrees that uh, that uh, if they only were mikudashin from the, in the first time around. There was only Kiddushin, and then he gave her a get. And then there was Edei Yichud, that those Edei Yichud are not the same as Edei Bi'ah. We, even though we know that they went into the room together, we do not assume that they had Bi'ah, because they are not accustomed to each other, because they were never fully married. And so we can explain the entire Mishnah, talking about two witnesses outside, and this has nothing to do with one witness, and it's not a challenge to Rav Nachman. And so now uh, we have a few statements um, that support Rav Nachman, uh, Rav Yitzchak, the son of Shemuel, the son of Marta, and they say the name of Rav, that someone who does Kiddushin with one witness, there's no Kiddushin there. Even if they both agree, we, we, uh, I gave her a ring, she said yes, they both say that. Uh, but there's only one witness, so that does not take effect. Another statement, also in the name of Rav. The first one was the name of Rav. Here, Rabba, the uh, son of Rav Huna, says, someone who does Kiddushin with one witness. The great Bedin said, there's no, no, there's no, there's no Kiddushin. Who is the great Bedin in relation to Rabba? It is, uh, it is Rav. Uh, another version of this very statement, in this case, it's also Rabba saying the name of Rav Huna, who said in the name of Rav, and Rav is the one that said, someone who, Rav said, someone who does Kiddushin in front of one witness, the great Rabbi said, the great Betin um, said that there's no Kiddushin at all. Who is the great Betin um, in term, if, and from Rav's perspective? It's his teacher, Rabbi, Rabbi Yudan Nasi. Um, so this is a long chain of uh, tradition and many rabbis that all agreed that if you have just one witness and even if everybody agrees, there's no Kiddushin. You can't take effect unless there's two witnesses. Now, more challenges to this, this opinion. Okay. 
וחבילה שלי צריכה שני גיטין וגובה כתובתה מן החבילה. אוקיי, okay, quite a, a humorous case actually. You have two men. They came from overseas. We don't know who they are. And there's one woman with them and they have a suitcase also with some valuable items in it. Now, each of them come to Betin. They all come to Betin and they, they each have a different claim. One of the men says, this is my wife. This other guy is my slave. And this is my suitcase. The other man says, no, this is my wife. The other guy is my slave. And the suitcase are, is my belongings. She said, these two men are my slaves. And the suitcase is mine. Uh, so uh, the verdict is, uh, both men have to give her a get. And she collects her ketubah from the suitcase. So she doesn't necessarily get all, the, all of the contents of it. But the amount of the uh, standard ketubah would be paid to her from that suitcase because uh, no matter what, she deserves it. See, if she's right and it's her suitcase, then she deserves everything in the suitcase. And if either one of them are, are, are correct, and it's, uh, well, then they each admit that it's her wife. And so once they give a get, they have to pay a ketubah. So no matter what, she will get uh, at least some of the contents of the ketubah. Now, what is the case? This is why it's a question against Rav Nachman's opinion. If we're talking about that, this man has two witnesses, and the other guy also has two two witnesses. So, okay, now one of the uh, what one said is, uh, you know, uh, we have two two against two, so we don't know if he's the real husband or if the other guy is the real husband. But she has no witnesses, so could she possibly say these these are these are my slaves and the suitcase is mine? That would have no claim because that claim goes against. All, both sets of witnesses. So, and then she would have no claim at all. Uh, rather, it must be that there's only one witness. Each of the men has only one witness. And yet, they have to give a get and, uh, and then pay a ketubah. So, that proves that even uh, a marriage with one witness is considered a possible marriage. Because you see here that they do have to give a get. They even have to pay a ketubah. We say, no, no, not, how can you understand it that way? Even though uh, we do believe one witness in to, to some extent, but not if it's not if the one witness is contradicted. And here, one witness says, this guy is married to her, and the other guy said, this other guy is married to her. So the witnesses, since they contradict, cancel each other out. And they're not, they're not believed at all. See, two against two, even though we don't know which one is right, but that will cancel out the woman's claim. But if it's one against one, they cancel each other out and the woman still has a claim. So uh, therefore, it can't be that we're talking about one witness. Instead, it's talking about a case where each of these husbands has no witnesses with them. And when the case said, oh, they, she, she has, she, they need to give a get, they both need to give a get, right? The language was, she needs to get a get from both of them. No, it wasn't, didn't mean that she has to. Uh, rather, in fact, everyone would agree that if she decides she just wants to marry someone else in the world, she can do that without a get. Since they, they, they each of these guys has no proof 
None of them have two witnesses, so there's nothing that they can do that would make her pro 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 prohibited to either of them. So if she says, "Okay, listen, uh, forget about it. I just uh, I'm out of here. I don't care about these guys. I'm going to go marry someone else." That's fine. She can do that. Rather, what does the what does the verdict mean? If she wants to collect her a kituba from this suitcase, then she requires a get from both. Um, uh, in other words, if she if she says I want to get a kit, I want to get payment for a kituba, well then that means she's married. So you know, one way or another. She could say, I'm not married to either one, and then she gets no she gets no money. She gets no kitubah because she's not married, so then she gets no kitubah. But if she does want to get a kitubah, then she has to get a get from both because each of them claim that he says, I'm the husband, the other one says, I'm the husband. She needs to get a get from both. Now, uh, whoever, whoever a suitcase it belongs to is also the husband, so she will collect the kitubah from that from, from that suitcase but she can only get the collect the kitubah if she gets a get from both of them but she doesn't have to get a get from both of them if she doesn't want to get payment she can just go and marry someone else so there is in fact no uh prohibition uh created here there's no presumption of uh the, of, of of uh that she is married to any one of them from her point of view um, because they they have no witnesses. And this would assume the opinion of Rabbi Meir, who says that even movable items can uh, are leaned to pay a ketubah. The majority opinion says not only land is only a lien on a husband's land to pay ketubah, and here we're talking about a suitcase. Um, but Rabbi Meir does say that even a movable item, one has to pay ketubah for for uh, uh, pay ketubah from a movable item. Now, my havela. After all those questions against Rav Nachman, what is the bottom line? Well, the bottom line is the machloket. Rav Kana Amar and Choshin Nikdushav. Rav Papa Amar Choshin Nikdushav. We're just going into later generations to see that they continued that they to argue about it. Rav Kana says. Uh, one witness, there's no kiddushin at all. La Papa said it's not it's not a hundred percent kiddushin, but we have to be machmir that maybe that maybe there is a kiddushin. Kana, a challenge against Rav Kana that says no kiddushin. Are you saying that there's nothing because you're making gezerah shava between marriage and monetary uh, things? When regarding marriage, it says kimasaba ervat davar. And regarding uh, testimony for monetary cases, this is alpishenaimadim or alpishiloshadim yakum davar. A matter of, of uh, a matter will be established. And so, is that why you're making a gezerah shava? And just like regarding monetary thing, you need two witnesses. So too, regarding prohibition of marriage, you need two witnesses to create it. And if there's only one when witness, is nothing. If you're going to compare them, then compare them all the way. And regarding monetary things, the admission of one of the litigants is like a hundred witnesses. If I come and say, I owe you a hundred dollars, then it's as if I brought a hundred witnesses because I, the admission of guilt of a litigant is uh, same as a hundred witnesses. So too, with according to this comparison, I should also say that as long as the husband and the, this man and this woman agree, admit that they are married, that should be the same as a hundred witnesses and they should be married. 
even without even without witnesses. So no, that's different. If when I come and admit that I would and, and I say I owe you a hundred dollars, that doesn't take away anything from anybody else. It just means that I'll have to pay you. Whereas here, if they admit that they are married to each other, it creates prohibitions also to their relatives, right? If um, we make an admission, then that means my uh, father or brother will be prohibited to you. It creates prohibitions upon other people. And people, you don't have a right to create prohibitions on other people um, without witnesses. And so that's why there's a fundamental difference between monetary and prohibitive claims. These two brothers, um, were both the sons of Rav Mari, and they divided their uh, property amongst themselves. Now, after they divided it, they came to Rav Asher to ask a question. Says, when the Torah said that you uh, um, that you have to to, you have to establish a matter based on two or three witnesses. Uh, what what does that mean? Does that mean that you only need witnesses if if some if the, one of the parties decides to retract? So in order to make sure they don't retract and change their mind, so you need proof. Now, but uh, now we don't we need it for, need it for proof. We trust each other. Where we have a good relationship, and therefore we don't need witnesses. We don't mind not having a you know not, not having witnesses here as proof because we're not going to trick each other, tra- uh, 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 change our minds, or lie to each other. So we we agree that we don't both don't require uh, witnesses. How or is the pasuk mean that the matter is not established? It doesn't take effect. The split of the inheritance does not take effect without uh, without witnesses. Similar to a marriage that does take effect without witnesses even if both parties agree that was their question right can we do this can we split our inheritance without witnesses and the answer of was witnesses were only created uh, for liars meaning so against liars um, that you only need a witness uh, to protect yourself against someone possibly lying but if you're not worried about the other party lying then it's okay you don't need witnesses in monetary matters Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.